Howdy folks, this is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio. I want to spend a little time today telling you about Multisystem, which is a tool for creating a bootable USB thumb drive with the option of launching from multiple ISO images and a few other built-in diagnostic utilities. I believe it could be an invaluable tool for system repair techs. Not only are there many recovery and repair live CDs that are available to fix Linux, but most bootable repair and antivirus utilities for Windows run from a Linux-based ISO these days. A tech could even create ISO images of Windows installation media and replace a stack of DVDs with a single thumb drive. Besides the installable package, there also appears to be a multi-system live CD located at http colon slash slash sourceforge.net slash project slash multi-system. And if I understand it correctly, you, you burn this ISO and then you can boot your system into a live CD that already has a multi-system installed. I also understand that not only, of course, could you bring in your own ISOs to install on the thumb drive? It already has a couple recommended ISO images already built into the live CD, but fits fits on a CD, so they must they must be pretty small. Okay, let me start out by explaining how to install Multisystem. Multisystem is only supported on Ubuntu-based distros for reasons which I will presently explain. The project site is at http colon slash slash liveusb.info slash dot clear. But be forewarned, the site is in French. Your best bet at finding clear installation instructions is to visit either the web update or pen drive Linux pages devoted to multi-system installation. And those links are in the show notes. Either way, they're going to instruct you to download http colon slash slash live usb dot info slash multisystem slash install dash depot dash multisystem dot sh dot tar dot bz2 on your Ubuntu based system, extract the shell script that is named install dash depot dash multiboot dot sh and execute it from a terminal. And the uh, shell script will be will prompt you for your root password to complete the installation. Well, wait, hold it. What did he just say? Give give my root password to a shell script? Is he out of his mind? You're right. This is not the installation method I would have picked if I wanted people to be comfortable installing my software. I would certainly never run some strange script if it had not been vetted by sources such as Pendrive Linux, HowToGeek, WebUpdate, and LinuxMagazine.com. 
I did look at the script, and I found nothing sin sinister, but I would welcome, really, another set of eyes looking at it, should you care to download it from the above link. Before we proceed, let me put your mind at ease by stepping through what it looks to me like the script is doing. Basically, the script adds the live USB multi-system repository to your EPSI apt sources.list and installs the package. In short, it's a PPA. If it still makes you nervous, and as well it might, I might recommend running the script in a Ubuntu virtual machine with a different set of credentials from your production machine. So let me step, step through what it looks like to me this script is doing. First off, the script makes several calls to apt and it assumes your user's privileges can be elevated via the sudo command. That's why multi-system is only supported on Ubuntu-based distros. Uh, the first thing it does is checks at Etsy slash sudoers to see if there's any users with elevation privileges. Then next, if you have KDE, it, well, it checks if you have KDE. If so, it enables community-maintained ma repositories, Universe, and installs Zenity. Then it tests if you have any pack, if you have the packages sudo, lsb, release, t, Zenity, nohup, xterm, dpackage, and if not, generates an error. Looks like it generates an error if, if you're, if the current running account is not a member of sudoers, makes slash media from the root directory, read, write, and executable for everyone. And presumably this will be so multi-system can write what it wants to your USB stick mounted under the USB directory, or I'm sorry, mounted under the media directory. Then check to see if multi-system is already installed. Adds the current user to the disk group if they aren't already. And I'm going to jump to the conclusion that the members of this group can write to media is what being a member of the disk group is. It adds the user to the ADM or admin group. If using GNOME, then it adds the community repos. Otherwise, if you're using KDE, adds the universe repos. So that, that seems redundant because it, it checked for KDE above. If you're running Hardy, it installs a backport because, of course, you probably nobody's running Hardy anymore, but as Hardy seems to be the first Ubuntu spin that can run it, but only with a backport. It adds the multi-system repo to the, to Etsy app sources.list and installs the authentication key. It updates the package list and then installs multi-system. And from the root directory, it makes the fuser mount folder executable. And then it calls a script that launches multi-system and that, and that's it. I would say this package could sorely use some volunteer package maintainers so that, or this project could, so it could, could have standard packages for more than one family of distributions. Okay, we've it's installed, so we'll go on to creating your multi-boot USB key. Now, under under my system, I found the multi-system launcher under accessories. Your mileage may vary, and if you have anything on your target USB stick, of course, it's going to be overwritten. That is, if it's not already a multi-system drive 
one of the beautiful things about multi-system is that you can add and delete bootable ISOs at any time. Okay, after the splash screen, you'll see a warning that the target drive will have Grub2 installed on the MBR. Select the target drive in the lower window and click the Confirm button. And for the sake of simplicity, if when using multi-system, I only have one USB drive or USB device plugged in so that I don't accidentally overwrite my media player. So that's that's just a little safety. It's not you should be able to tell which drive is which, but better safe than sorry, right? Okay, now the second screen you come to is row of tabs at the top. This is this is your main multi-boot interface or multi-system interface. Actually, multi-boot I believe is an earlier version of the same software, and it has row of tabs at the top. MS for multi-system, second one's menus, third one's boot, fourth one's non-free, and the final one is about. About is self-explanatory, so I'd like to start with the second to last tab, which is non-free. You will need to make a selection from non-free to download and install a boot manager to boot your USB stick from. If you're going to fill the stick with free software distros, click Download Plop Boot Manager which despite the tab name is free software. And this is the heart of the multi-boot system. The Plop Boot Manager is what allows the USB key to boot from more than more than one bootable image. And of course, if you look in the Plop, it's capital P, capital L, lowercase o, capital P. You'll find online, of, of course, you can just use Plop to create your, to create a multi-boot USB key. It's just that multi-system makes it so much more simple. And if you, if you, when you click on the button, the download plop button, you will see download running in a small terminal window. It's been a while since I first set up. I believe you're going to get a prompt at that point to enter your root password to complete the install. And that's in, the prompt there is inside that terminal window. So anytime that little terminal window uh, pops up, you need to watch what's going on inside it. The other Two selections under non-free are download firedisk.ima, that's F-I-R-A-D-I-S-K dot I-M-A. And if you hover over that, it shows the detail of use to start the ISO of Windows XP. And then the other selection is download Microsoft Server, or sorry, Microsoft Windows Server 2003 SP1. And you know, however, over it, and it says used for BART PE, and that uh, a PE disk it u uses the initial Windows installation CD. Is there, there's an installation environment of Windows that is like a mini version of Windows that a lot of people use to run different diagnostic utilities in that environment. Most people listening is going to know what a BART PE disk is. And you go to their website, of course, and it'll tell you how to start out with the basic installation and then how to add diagnostic tools to the BART PE live image. Well, you, it, it's, it's another, it's another, uh, BART PE is, a, is, is, is a Windows program for generating a utility disk. So, and I think those, those two are both for Windows based in, environment or the Windows installation environment live CDs. I suspect, I haven't tried it yet, say if you're to rip a Windows installation 
DVD. You could probably boot into it without either of those. I think they're just if you're trying to use something like Bart PE. And I think Hirons, that, I've got that down, I haven't tried that yet. It's along the same lines, except a lot, lot of people I've heard have recommended that as a, as a diagnostic and repair utility for Windows. Okay, let's go next. Go to the, to the next tab to the left. Boot, and the top uh, selection in there is create a CD to launch USB. You may find this more useful than you think. Earlier this week, I was trying to boot from a Dell Dimension Pentium Four directly from the USB, and the computer's late enough that the BIOS setup it knows how to boot from a USB stick. When you when you hit the hotkey to bring up the boot options menu, there is a boot from USB selection, just like there's boot from hard drive, boot boot from the Oracle Media, etc. But the Dell just couldn't recognize the uh, multi-boot USB key I'd created. And strangely, I, I'd also tried to install a um, ISO or install a distribution from a DVD-sized ISO on the Dell with the with the DVD. The Dell had a DVD drive, and it wouldn't boot from that either. Somewhere, you know, somewhere in the in the Pentium Four series, a lot of the earlier Pentium Fours they won't boot from anything but a CD. They'll a lot of them boot from USB, and then later on, this this is fairly recent P4. It should have booted from DVD or USB, but so, uh, besides being a great diagnostic utility, creating one of one of these multi-system boot USBs would be a solution. Say you have an older system and you want to you want to install a DVD-sized ISO, but the, sy- the system doesn't recognize a boot from DVD option. Well, you could you, you could use this launching CD plus the multi-system. USB key to get the, to get that system to to boot into that big ISO. And what happens when you when you click on the create CD button? It copies the image CD boot live USB dot ISO to your home folder. And of course you you can go ahead and burn it to a CD from there. And it, when you when I run it, it when you boot from that CD. Briefly, what you see is the UNET booting interface, and then immediately, assuming the presence of the multi-boot USB key, it goes right right into the interface for the multi-boot USB. Okay, the the rest of the selections in the boot tab are less immediate, but let's exhaust them now and we won't have to come back to them. You have options to boot from XP, Vista, or Macintel instead of Grub2. I would strongly suggest you avoid such foolishness. You also have options for testing your bootable USB stick that you're creating in VirtualBox or QEMU. Okay, next tab to the left, we're working back from from the right, is the uh, Menus tab. And I want to talk to you about one function on this page now, but we're going to go back to it later. Down towards the bottom, you will see Format Your USB Key. This should be done before you start working on your key and copying ISOs to it. It will be formatted to FAT32, so I hope none of your ISOs are over 4 gigabytes. 
Okay, finally we're ready to assign some ISOs to our multi-boot USB key, multi-system USB key. Now at this point I want to caution you to mind your free space on the USB drive. With an older version of multi-system, I once added one too many ISOs and wound up with completely unreadable thumb drive. It didn't show up when I plugged it in. I couldn't do anything with it because none of my systems would mount it. It was just dead. Alright, to select an ISO to add, click the down arrow in the green circle in the field at the bottom of the MS window. Oh, okay. I, I see above that I never told you we're, we're now on the MS, uh, the MS tab. Navigate to the folder with the ISO that you want to add and double click on the file. That'll make it appear on the window to the left in, in the add ISO window. You can continue to select ISOs. Just remember my warning about overfilling the thumb drive. Once you, once you click on go, you, uh, you'll be able to see the files being extracted to your thumb drive in that same small terminal window that I talked about before. And with every, every bootable image, you will need to confirm the install by typing in your root password into that terminal. Uh, now we'll return, once that's done, you'll return to the MS, return to the MS tab where you should now see your selected ISOs in the list in the middle of the window. They may not be labeled as you'd, you would expect, i.e. Uh, Ubuntu spin like Zubuntu may be labeled as the base distro, let's just say Ubuntu. Or an antivirus CD may show up as the Linux distro the company used for base. Let's go over the rest of the buttons on the MS page. Most are duplicates of functions that are available in other screens. Starting on the right, there are buttons to test the key in VirtualBox or QEMU once again. Now on the right side of the first column on the right side of the ISO list is our buttons to change the order in which your selected ISOs are going to appear in the menu of the final multi-system boot USB key. And on the bottom of that column, there is a button to remove a selected ISO. Like I said, you, at, at any time, you can stick your USB key back in, run multi-system, delete an ISO, add an ISO, long, long as you don't go too big and mess up the key. Next column over has buttons to show or hide fi files or folders. And I don't know why you would need that, but it's there. And then you can add boot options to the selected ISO. In other words, you can change the grub entries for the, for that ISO. Now the next one down is important. Add persistent mode allows you to designate space to store files and configuration changes while running the selected ISO as a live CD. So you can make at least some of your bootable CDs persistent. It doesn't work for all Linux images, I found out. Only the ones multi-system seems to know how to handle. The next button down is another one to create the CD to launch USB, just like on the other tab. Below that is internationalization, which I have not explored. The next column has buttons for grub updates and settings. 
the top right button is download live CDs and if you click on that you present with this really awesome list of rescue and utility CDs as well as several Linux distros now I did try to click on one of those and it, it didn't launch a download so that's okay if you but this can if you're a tech and you want to know what's available out there as far as rescue CDs this just seemed like a really awesome list and the button below that updates the multi-system software itself on the bottom of the MS win tab window on either side of the ISO selection field is one a button to save the current thumb drives image so if you say you mislay the thumb drive and you want to make a duplicate of it if you've if you've uh, made the duplicate you could just restore it and go on from there and on the other side is a button next to program now remember we didn't finish the menus tab so we'll go we'll go back to we're going to find out most of the functions are duplicates of the ones we just talked about on the MS tab. Berg is apparently a themer for Grub and is there to dress up the uh, boot interface on your multi-system key drive. And uh, apparently the Berg also will do the same thing for your if you're installed Linux. If you if you think you need a theme for Grub, I I guess Berg's the problem. Here's the program you want to go with. You'll see another button to back up and restore your thumb drive image, as well as a button to make live CDs persistent, which we already discussed. And on, on this screen, there's one to resize the persistent storage space for a live CD. Everything else on that page is self-explanatory or functions that we've already covered. Okay, so we we're we're done. We're we're ready to exit multi-system. And we're ready to eject the thumb drive and boot another computer from it. So I want to go over what you're going to see when you boot your computer from multi-system thumb drive. And I should have to tell you that most modern systems have a hotkey that allows you to select boot media during post. So, in other words, you don't have to go in and change the boot order in your BIOS. There's, there's usually a key to press and you can just select but if you don't have that option, you may need to enter your BIOS setup and reorder the boot priority so the system will look for either the bootable, a bootable USB drive or that special boot CD that sends everything over to the USB drive before booting from the hard disk. And if you are booting from that boot CD, as I said, you'll see the UDEP booting menus and will automatically and quickly give way to the multi-system boot interface which you recognize it has sort of a multicolor stained glass background. And the disk that I'm using for Rescue CD is 64 gigs, so I've already got a dozen distro images on it or rescue disk images and, and room to install more. My only problem with it is it's a Kingston. Usually they're pretty good quality, but it, it seems very ticklish. you got to line it. For it to be recognized, you need to line it up just perfectly and exactly in the slot. And that... That's okay if you're if you're running in a live system you can you can see when it's recognized usually but if you're if you're trying to boot from it that can be a little bit of a hassle but really that's that's not here or there for that uh, for for this um, purposes of today's discussion 
And the first thing you're going to see, of course, at the top is a menu of all the distros that you selected, or installation disks, I should say, because it could include Windows or other operating system installation DVDs. But below that, there are a few entries automatically generated by multi-system. Now, most of them seem to be options to manually enter grub commands. In other words, edit the grub of the multi-system to enter special boot options for one of your startup ISOs. Or it seems to be a way to edit the multi-system menus on the fly. And they seem to be somewhat redundant. There are the other four options seem a little more useful for, for diagnostics. BKO looks for a Pixie Boot instance on the network. So if you want to Pixie Boot the system, you can use that. VBE info lists the proper resolutions and refresh rates detected from your video hardware. And LSPCI, of course, reports on other hardware on the system. And Memtest 86 Plus is one of the most popular open source tools for testing memory. Finally, it looks like you can preset the video mode by selecting one of the resolutions under GFX Pay You Load. Okay, that's that's about all I can tell you about multi-system for right now. If you have any questions or con comments, you're uh, certainly welcome to put the interim into the comments form for this episode under hackerpublicradio.org. If you uh, need to contact me, 5150, then you should be able to find all my contact information at thebigredswitch.drupalgardens.com. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.